Thank you for joining us here at Second Baptist Church. Today you will be hearing one of our members teach from the Explore the Bible curriculum. The Explore the Bible curriculum is provided by Lifeway and is a curriculum that we use in our Sunday school and Bible study groups at the church. If you are able, we would love to have you join us in one of our groups. Our church meets at 301 Tomberlin Road, and more information can be found at secondbaptistwaycross.com. Thank you for joining us. Good morning and welcome to Sunday School at Second Baptist Church. Today is the day that we call Palm Sunday, and I remember it with fondness of being a little girl. You know, at the times we would go to Sunday School and we might have palm branches or some kind of branches that we had brought from home or else um, we would make these palm branches out of construction paper you know and sing songs and everything it was it was a such an exciting story about Jesus you know riding into Jerusalem and all of that and I don't uh, you know as a child you don't understand all the meanings of it or anything like that but it just it just is an exciting thing knowing that Easter is coming and um, all of these things were happening you know to to uh, get ready for the big celebration of Jesus resurrection so we're we're continuing on as we you know study through the book of Luke and we're to that part now and um, Jesus has been moving you know, closer and closer to Jerusalem as he's been teaching and passing through towns. And he, uh, at the beginning of chapter 19, he passes through Jericho, and that's where the story of Zacchaeus takes place, where um, he, you know, says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house, and all of that. We know that story very well. So that takes place just before he moves onward towards Jerusalem. And so it, there was an interesting verse um, in chapter 19, verse 11, where it said, this is right after the Zacchaeus story, it says, while they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So, the people, you know, had this idea of the kingdom of God that was probably different than Jesus' idea of the kingdom of God. And he had tried to tell them in some ways, you know, by saying the kingdom of God is in your midst, it's with you, you know, and, and that sort of thing and other references. But still, they had the idea that he was about to bring the kingdom right now, you know, to Jerusalem or to Israel. And so um, they were following him. And, and we've been talking about how so many people, you know, were following him. And uh, so as he moves closer, the part that we're going to study today is the triumphal entry, what they call the triumphal entry um, into Jerusalem. And I don't know, I need, I should have gone and gotten the student book to read and see what the student book says. But we had a big discussion at home because 
what's here in our uh, teacher book suggests that there's a story, you know, that Luke does not include about the this dinner at the home of Simon the leper in Bethany. And what our teacher book says is it's, it's trying to make a continuous flow to say, okay, passed through Jericho, then he came to Bethany, he had this dinner, and then he went to Jerusalem, and then, you know, onward to the cross is the way that they kind of tried to lay it out in our teacher book. But in fact, it doesn't match up if you read the scriptures because it says that the dinner at the home of Simon the leper was just two days before the Passover. And so this um, triumphal entry, you know, best, best of our knowledge, is going to happen at the beginning of that week, maybe six days before the Passover. Uh, because uh, there's a lot of other things that happen day by day as you go through until um, the Passover. And so it's good for all of us to read and study these things and try to get them chronologically, you know, in our minds so that we don't get become confused about what happened when. And I guess it doesn't matter. The, the dinner at the home of Simon the leper in Bethany, which was very close to Jerusalem, and, and after he drove the uh, traders from the temple, he went back to, to Bethany. So he was staying with, probably staying with his friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus at their home. And um, so, you know, the, the chron chronology of it doesn't matter too much, except that we both agreed, Clint and I did, that it's not good to try to prove your point by cherry-picking the scriptures, um, by saying, oh, because of this and this, I'm going to conclude this. And, you know, our view of it is if the scripture says it, then we say it. And if the scripture doesn't say it, if the scripture is silent, then we also should be silent on that issue. And so that's always a good rule of thumb. You know, if you begin to read in or speculate very much, then uh, you can really, you know, get things confused. And so anyway, we're going to, we're going to just, if it's in your student book, you can read and you may see what I'm talking about, how that's, that, um, that dinner seems to have happened closer to the time of the crucifixion. So let's go ahead then and get started by reading um, verses 29 to 31, because that's the focus um, scriptures that we're going to have. So we're in Luke chapter 19. Verse 29 to 31. When he approached the he approached Beth Bethphage or Bethphage and Bethany, those are two small communities that were real close together. As he approached them near the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying, Go into the village ahead of you. There, as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one yet has ever sat untie it and bring it here 
And um, if anyone asks you why are you untying it, you should say the Lord has need of it. So he, we know from this that he is approaching towards Jerusalem and he's near the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives is a mountain that's near Jerusalem. And of course, probably olive groves, you know, were on that mountain. And they still are. And so the way that the, the way that the land lies, you have the Mount of Olives, which is a little bit higher than Jerusalem. And we always say, you know, people refer to going up to Jerusalem. So how is that possible? Well, from the Mount of Olives down and then back up to Jerusalem, there's a, there's a valley there um, and with the, you know, stream and that sort of thing. So that's the way that the road would have gone. It would have come down from the Mount of Olives and then gone up to Jerusalem. So he, uh, he's, you know, approached these two towns and sent two of the disciples, it doesn't say who, to go into the village and you'll find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat, untied, bring it. This is a fulfillment of a prophecy at this point when uh, there is a prophecy in the book of Zechariah chapter 14 and verses 3 and 4 that is a messianic prophecy that refers to your Savior coming, riding on a colt, the, the, the colt of a donkey. And so this is a reference to it in the way that Jesus says it and then in what actually happened. And so, you know, another fulfillment of the prophecies of what would happen when the Messiah came. So let's go ahead and read the next bit, which is verses... 32 to 34. So those who were sent away and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord has need of it. So this all happened just like he said. Now, this is not a... um. A prophecy from the Old Testament you know this is this part is not uh, but what it was was Jesus knowing exactly how the thing was going to happen before it happened and we've seen that quite a few times you know as we've studied through this that Jesus knows how things are he already has seen the cult there tied and knows and you know Perhaps he knew the owner uh, already, or they knew who Jesus was. We're not sure, but when the disciples say the Lord has need of it, then that seems to be okay with the owner. And so, you know, somehow uh, they knew who was being referred to as the Lord uh, when they said that. And so they get the, the cult, and bring it and and they and it says you know uh found it just as he had told them so you know it, it was it was it was the fact that jesus could see already how the thing was laid out 
And, you know, it reminds us that he could see all the way to the cross. And he knew what was coming. I mean, he said it several times, just plainly. Um, you know, I'm going to be uh, killed, and in three days I'll rise again. I mean, he's already said it to him, and he continues to say that in other places through these days here of this week between the triumphal entry and the and the resurrection, crucifix and resurrection. Right through there, he continues to say, you know, things in along with the teachings that he's doing. Okay, so uh, what happens next? Verses 35 and 36. They brought it to Jesus, the colt, and they threw their coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. And so, you know, again, there's some speculation of exactly how that happens that they put Jesus on the colt. You know, if you've ever been around donkeys very much, some of them are not very tall. I mean, they, they're not even close to the size of a horse, you know. And so maybe they assisted Jesus in getting up there. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to in any way portray Jesus as being a weak person that they had to put him up there. He was not, you know, able to be strong enough to get up there on his own. He could probably have hopped up. Maybe they helped him, you know, they put their coats on there and, you know, if you're, if the coats are on there and then you're going to climb up, you're going to knock those off. So maybe they helped him, gave him a, gave him a leg up. But at any rate, he was certainly strong enough to get on a donkey, you know, by himself. Now this was a donkey that had never been ridden and, you know, obviously I, I feel like the donkey knew that, hey, this is the creator um, riding the creation, you know, and, and so he, he didn't act up or buck him off or anything that might, you might think would have happened if the donkey had never been ridden. Um, and so it says that as he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. And, you know, in some of the other, um, gospels it mentions they were cutting down branches and putting those you know on the road for the donkey to walk on and laying the coats on the road and all of that and you can almost um get a visual image of this you know that it was like a rolling out the red carpet maybe you know where it was it was like royalty was entering jerusalem or maybe that they wanted, they thought so highly of Jesus that they wanted to spread their coat there and the donkey walk across it, you know, just so that they could say, this, this coat is the one that the donkey walked across, you know, that was carrying Jesus. Um, who knows, but I think more of like rolling out the red carpet, you know, with, um, with the coats being thrown on the road, it would have been something like that. And so let's read on then to verses 37 and 38. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen, shouting, 
Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So this kind of almost sounds like what the angel said, you know, when Jesus was born a little bit. And it was a spontaneous um, thing that happened that all the disciples just begin to shout and praise God. You know, and again, some of them may have thought, okay, this is it. Roll out the red carpet. The king, it says, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, in their eyes, they may have felt like this is it. The coming of the kingdom now. He's going to take over and rule, you know, Israel. And it so, you know, it, it may have been th something like that. And I think in, for a lot of people, it probably was. So he went down. It says the descent uh, of the Mount of Olives. He went down. And then he, let's go back. Let's go on further. Don't let me jump ahead and say it in wrongly. So we get to verse 39. Let's read what it says there. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him teacher rebuke your disciples so why would they have said rebuke your disciples the reason would be you know because they were praising god says they were praising god not that they were praising jesus they were praising god joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen so they were praising god because of the miracles and they were saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And so for the Pharisees, some of the Pharisees that were there, this was just too much. You know, they they saw the, uh, you know, they realized that, hey, they're throwing down the robes. They're, they're praising him. They're shouting for joy. This is, it's like he's coming to take over. You know, so they, they said, call these people down. You know, make them stop saying that. Um, they're doing the wrong thing. You know, they're, they're saying that you're the king and, and such as that. And so they, they said, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And what was Jesus' response to that in verse 40? But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. And this is, uh, is said to be a reference to Habakkuk 2.11, where there was a reference to stones crying out for the, from the wall of Jerusalem or something like that. So when Jesus says this, you know, it's just an interesting phrase to think that it was such a joyful time of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem that if the disciples had been rebuked, if that was possible, and made to be silent and stop saying these things, that even nature, the stones, the trees or the, or the birds or whatever, would cry out in joyful praise because of what was happening. And, you know, that would be because... Jesus was coming as the fulfillment. He was coming as the sacrifice to end 
uh, to put an end to sin. You know, he was coming for reasons that maybe the people did not really understand, but all creation knew that this was the culmination of something that had been coming from the beginning of time up to now and that things would never be the same again, you know, after this week. So it was definitely a triumphal uh, entry, you know, because of that, even though they may not have understood all of it. And so it goes on from there. And um, it talks about, and our, our lesson does not cover it, but I'm going to touch briefly on it. In, in verse 41 down to 44, I'm going to read that little section. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known in this day, even you, the things which make, pe make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side, and they will level you to the ground and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. So as he's coming down from the Mount of Olives, you know, he's looking across the valley and he can see Jerusalem there. And he begins to weep. And then he makes this um, statement, you know, that Jerusalem is going to be torn down. And, um, you know, your enemies are going to surround you and all of that. And the reason because of that, I mean, the reason that that is happening is because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. So they they did not recognize that God was with man, which is Emmanuel, God with us, right? And they rejected that. So many of them did. And because of that, you know, he makes this statement. And in fact, within 40 years after this, there was a siege against Jerusalem. The wall was torn down and the temple was torn down, you know, and um, destroyed and all of that. So it wasn't, it was a true prediction that Jesus made. And this was the reason why. And, you know, maybe that's a, a depressing way to leave it, but I'm going to stop there. But, you know, it, it is important for us to think on these things and to think about the um, the implications for us as the Spirit leads us to do something, as God tells us, this is what I want you to do. I'm calling you to salvation or I'm calling you to, for a purpose to do this thing. I'm calling you, you know, in a direction and we either ignore it, you know, fail to fail to pay attention to it or willfully, you know, rebel against it, that there are consequences to that then, you know, that we, we're left with devastating consequences when we don't follow God's will or we, we reject the salvation that he offers. 
um, there are there are devastating consequences to that, and that's something for us to reflect on. Now, in the week ahead, our lesson is going to be the resurrection, and so it's going to skip several chapters again in Luke to get over to that. And so I, I would um, challenge you. Our next lesson is going to pick up in uh, chapter twenty-four. So we're at the end of 19 now. So if you were to read, you know, a half a chapter a day or whatever, then you'll read through that week of the things that he did, you know, um, cleansing the temple and um, the teachings that he was saying to the people and all that. And then you'll get on to chapter 24, and that's where our lesson is going to be next time around. So I appreciate you being with me today. And it's a story that we've heard many, many times over, but it's always good for us to go back and remember and be reminded every year and think about these things. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time.